Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise Dice today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood 
keeper of the Chronicle and all around the spooky dude. Well, Iris is away on her own side quest, the rest of the Coterie are still recovering from their battle with the Inquisition. Everett tried to find a way to accept his life as a vampire. Ridley got some magic vampire medication and planned to take out the orphans. And Harvey got a job working animal control. Can the Coterie find the targets they're looking for before the orphans start looking for them? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. So having come to a an accord of a sort, um, Ridley and Everett, um, you've set out uh, with three main objectives. Uh, you want to check in with Sergeant McGregor to see kind of what the situation is with uh, the police force from the kindred side of things. Um, you want to see uh, what the deal is with Billy Kincaid, given that she seemed to have some knowledge of, of kindred activities and also shot Everett in the head and might be aware of that. Um, and finally, your kind of uh, ultimate objective is to scout out uh, the orphan's base, not unlike you did on episode three um, of this very show, um, to see kind of what the deal is. Uh, Ridley's getting a little bit uh, a little bit hungry and is still kind of fucked up, so he's looking to eat. Um, but more uh, importantly... Random question, Tom. I just realized, because it's been a couple of days. Did Chonky drop off my, like, silver stabby gloves, yes. or am I still waiting on it? Okay, cool. Then I just have them with me. Great. That was all I want to check. Yep, Love it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I know you've been tracking those gloves for a time. So say, here you go, question, pal. But where are my vampire killers? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like Ripley being like, okay, cool. Yeah, this day is fine. But I know there are treats somewhere in the house. And like, mm. I mean, not a big deal, but maybe now. Yeah. Random question. But who's a good girl? Can you confirm that I'm a good girl? Really <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's just my therapist job in real life. I'm just like, can you <laughs> confirm not imposter doing okay? You confirmed half. Thanks. Okay, bye. <laughs> Here's some money. So, yes, you have your, your stabby, stabby vampire killing right. gloves. Um, and uh, Yeah, they're tucked under his coat. So he's gone out still as like Dr. Ridley, if we were looking at the action figure. So now, wait, we, we say tucked under your coat. And so he had to he had he had to make like a harness for them that sits at the small of his back, so he can like have normal hands and then just like slide them on and be Freddy Krueger. Yeah, because they're like stabbing implements, right? Are they on the knuckle of the fist or are they on so the fingertips? He's I got. Can't remember now. So it was like a literally like kind of a Freddy Krueger with shorter blades. The idea was he's got like knuckle dusters that are yeah. silver. And then he's got silver like claws like Catwoman. So he can do okay. all of his grappling, but it'll do aggravated damage to vampires where before okay. he couldn't really do much to vampires. He but they're really not like knives people. at the end no, of your no, fingers. No, no it's, like like a, it's like a Black Panther uh, Caltron. Level, that is like. the perfect metaphor. It's a, it's like a Black Panther gauntlet. So it's leather gloves, but they've got silver caps on got the it. fingers and silver punch palm business. Gotcha, got gotcha. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm less incredulous. In my head, they were like the... Like Kratos gauntlets from like God of War three that are just massive golden <laughs> like fists, lion heads. Just yeah, kind of. That's I, I don't know. Ridley was buying murder things from a yeah. weird artist. I was like, I imagine these being big and stupid. Uh, those are much more manageable. Okay, cool. So, um, small of your back, uh, Jean from uh, Gentleman Bastard style. Um, I also like that. Weirdly, it's like <laughs> it's like you're an extra in a t- like a cop show getting arrested. But it's so you can get murder. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go out for murder. Uh, okay, fantastic. So, yeah, you've got your gloves. You're dressed as, as Dr. Ridley. <sighs> Gods help us all. Uh, Everett, um, what are you wearing these days? You've just got a, a fresh version of your, your current outfit. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that was the case. I'm trying to think if there was any reason for that to be sullied once I mean, again. Did I did get shot in the back blood. with a shotgun. Yes. And yeah. Then so I, I blacked out and and he was everywhere. given that this is um, I, I believe based on our previous session, which again was a hot second ago. So I apologize if this is a minor continuity error, but I feel like you came to an accord and it wasn't like we're going to go do this right now. It's like this is what we'll do next. So I would fully buy. It's been a day. Um. I will take a rouse check from both of you, um, but uh, I will say that with the silver foxes, uh, nay, bear boys, at your uh, your command, um, they can bring you stuff now. They're kind of back in play as as Ridley's... uh, What's the actual name of that skill, Ryan? Is is it just having a a gang? Oh, it's... um I think it's it's called allies. So right. I put if we want to get really technical, I, I would put love three to. points into allies, which gave me a street gang, and then I put another three dots into reliability, which meant they'd show up whenever I called. There you go. That's right, and they're 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 quite capable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, they're yeah. Basically, it was like I want a biker gang, and they show up when I call. Because honestly, it's a really smart system in that you can buy biker gangs of your friends. It does not mean they show up when you call. <laughs> they just like you. So I sunk all my points into the bear boys. <laughs> Uh, I rolled a zero, which is a 10. So I failed my rouse check. I also failed. Ah, <laughs> oh, you boys are so hungry. It's true. Um, update my hunger here. Cool. Well, I mean, you're eventually going to go scope out some vampires, so you could probably yeah. get a snack for Everett. Yeah, Ridley's yeah. just a very, very hungry, super injured burn victim. Okay. So, Everett, I think then what we can say for you is um, the Bear Boys drop off your kind of standard duster um, outfit. Uh, but I think it's like – this is such a dumb specific metaphor. But uh, in uh, the Eaton Center here in Toronto, um, the like the Bay bought a bunch of like high fashion places and just ate them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Topshop, which is a brand that I think was in the States before it came up here, is like just like well-cut menswear, but it's all just like slightly, like it just feels nicer and is like eight times the price. So I feel like that's what they bring you. It's just like you put on, everything is like softer. Like there's there's like a silk weave in it or something. And it's just because they've got like legitimately good taste that they went and found you the things that they know you like to wear, but they bought them from where they would buy things. And now that they're kind of dealing with like upper middle class money, <laughs> um, they're they're well equipped for that. So um, uh, Rupert Sinjin Smythe uh, brings you um, just a, a slightly fancier version of your your outfits. I feel like it's vaguely uncomfortable because you're used to like a certain amount of, you know, that that walmart or like mark's work warehouse stiffness yeah, yeah the polyester to cotton shift can be a harsh oh yeah yeah exactly but also i mean you're not kind to these clothes so it's not like the hardy rugged ones really survive any longer no. with you so might as well be comfy right yeah cool uh, okay so um so, yeah long coat and a hat uh did they get you the right hat i don't know should we roll for it yeah let's do it um, Ryan, go ahead and roll me a an etiquette, please. Okie dokie. Do they know oh, their audience that's, or are they shopping for themselves? That's two successes. So I think they would get just the right hat forever. I think Chonky Excellent. is like fucked up about how things went really bad when the Bear Boys went to get stuff. So in, because of this die roll, he's been extra careful and like personally overseen that it's what would be wanted or asked for. Then it's that it's that Stetson with the little strap that goes around the cap part. 
looks real sharp. Uh, Everett's a fan. Everett's like, this is a nice hat, fellas. <laughs> Thank you kindly. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> Ridley stands up having strapped on combat boots over his khakis that he took from the dead SWAT guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, we all look fucking great. <laughs> um, and uh, Rupert just says, well, yes, it's true. The uh, silver foxes are somewhat inclined to travel around with fancy fellas. So I'm glad you like it, Mr. Everett. Uh, and um, boss, you you make it work. <laughs> I'll take it. I think that's as good as anyone's ever said about my clothes. So I'm, I'm lightly touched, you know, in a good way. Thanks, boss. Uh, I promise this is the level of service you can expect from the Silver Foxes. Now, if you'll excuse me. Uh, sorry, that's my uh, my Rupert voice. I'm working on it. Uh, I, uh, this got to fit in. You know, we got some like, I don't know, the neighborhood watch is real intense. So I got to gotta fit in as best I can. Now, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I have a squash game to attend to. Ta-ta. Um, and uh, he uh, taps his cane twice on the ground and uh, flips it up under his arm and walks out. You know, I don't want to say that forced change is good, but I feel like it may have done good for the bear boys. If I could step in it up, you know? Yeah, yeah, they, see, uh, they seem to be coping pretty all right, all things considered. Well, if, if there's one thing we know, it's that when something appears to be going well, don't ask further questions because inside there's a fucking demon or something. So why don't we go find this Sergeant McGregor? Yeah, it works for me. <clears throat> All right. So, um, Everett, uh, Sergeant McGregor had left uh, instructions, I think probably for like a, a safe place you guys could meet that isn't the fucking police station. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, let's see. Where would he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a cemetery um, uh, just a little bit north of, of Montreal where uh, some of the uh, the war dead um, from uh, World Wars One and Two uh, are buried. <clears throat> and uh, McGregor asked you to meet at a, a cenotaph there. Um, what is that? Uh, cenotaph is like a uh, if, if you can. Uh, there's actually a pretty prominent one in, in Port Credit. It's like a large uh, stone monument. Um, mm usually uh in canada at least uh usually kind of vaguely marble looking with a little like circular bit at the top and a little cross on it there's one across from the arena um it's like a little parquet over there but anyway it's a um generally just a yeah like a i don't know that's always a war monument but that's i the only context i've ever heard it mm. used in okay. is that cool so. are they the things that sometimes they have like names carved in them the whole way yes around yes absolutely like so yeah. so it's like a like uh an obelisk without the pointy bit with kind of a round bit at the top with names carved down usually commemorating um either a specific uh war or a specific conflict within a war so it could be vimy it could be whatever but yeah so he uh it the, he basically only suggests it a because of obviously his ties to uh his service in the war uh but b it's it's a nice obvious landmark it's not one of those like find me by the grave and you're like well fucking okay there's a lot so not like the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're just running through with like beautiful music playing, looking at every gravestone. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, he he. Once you you uh, get a message to him, uh, he agrees to meet you there uh, this evening. So my question to the two of you is: How do you want to approach this meeting? Uh, literally or or tactically? Because literally, I'm assuming we hail like we get a, a 
Oh. Yeah, Dinkeldorf, Dinkeldorf Captain. Dinkeldorf. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no, I mean more tactically. No, like thing. you roll up to yeah. you roll up to the graveyard. Um, you can see the cenotaph in the distance. Uh, an easy visual metaphor for this is uh, the statue level of Goldeneye, where it's like you can see the thing you need to get to. <laughs> uh, there's an important meeting that's going to happen there, um, but you also like don't actually know Sergeant McGregor that well. Um, I think. Last session, Everett, you did mention to Ridley that uh, McGregor's an Anarch. Um, so I don't know how that plays for you, Ridley. I don't think you would necessarily have an inherent distrust of Anarchs, but also you've been kind of pro-Camerell the whole time. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Ridley... Well, you know, we can just have this conversation. So I understand that this guy's an Anarch. And technically, you know, we're on the Camarilla side of things. But I don't really give a shit about that in private. It's just one of those things you got to do for the boss. So if he's useful, if he's friendly, that's great. Do you need me to fucking hide out nearby? Do you need me to be big and scary? Is this a good cop, bad cop, or a good cop, good cop, or a bad cop, bad cop? Like, what's the cop to cop ratio you're looking for out of me as your partner? Well, I think it would be. I think it's going to maybe take a little bit of faith here, but I think it would set a good precedent if we came out in the open to meet this fella. Uh, established a level of trust, so to speak, in that way. Uh, and in the spirit of that, I should also let you know that I put him onto uh, the trail of one Jocelyn St. James, thinking that they might be a good fit for causing some trouble for both Inquisition and or rogue vampire elements. Now with Jocelyn, I don't think she'll be too happy to see me. So I don't know if we're going to see her tonight or not, whether he's found her or not. But Okay, so if things go bad, I got my fucking finger gloves. But otherwise, you think he might be reasonable? Might be part of what I've come to think of as the white fanged line. You know, he's on the side of justice here. So yeah, let's just go say hello. You know, yeah. he saved my life. He gave me a ride. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to kind of spring anything on them. We should be able I to I literally meet him, have kind of. allied to the death with people for so much less than that. So, no, <laughs> this guy's great. All right. And uh, I'll start walking walking into the cemetery. And Ridley uh, will just or, or getting into the cab or wherever we are. Oh, right we're now. at the cemetery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't need to do a, a cab scene. Like, okay. All right. So you're sitting in the cab. Uh there's one of those video screens playing uh, information about Montreal, yeah. a lot of which is irrelevant because uh, a bunch of the city burned a few days ago. So, like, the screen doesn't react to our undead hands. Of so course stuck, not. We're stuck just stuck watching the ad. same ad over and over and over again. Every time uh, I get in one of these, I hope it's the cash cab, and it never fucking is. I need the fucking money. <laughs> Here at Papa John's, we believe in a bunch of stuff that's going to piss a lot of people off, but we also make. What can technically be described as pizza? Just want to turn Click the to find out more. Here at Papa John's. Nathan, how much down. do you get for having these fucking things in here? Because I'll pay you to take it out. Uh, for the record, I'm imagining this isn't Nathan, only because he's running a very big business now. So, oh, uh, fuck, you're not even Nathan. What's your name? Uh, uh, hi. Uh, uh, my name is... Uh, uh, Timmy Jones. People call me Little Timmy Jones um, because uh, a lot of people say I remind them of a gangly teenager named DJ Quails. Uh, but I am a man and I own this cab. Also, what? that screen brings in uh, about $109.95 uh, a month, so that's pretty good. I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing... Uh, 
Mr. Father John talk about his pizzas, though it's kind of been stuck on that one for a while. Uh, we used to have different ones, but that's the one now. Have you had that Father John's pizza? Is it good? I don't eat pizza. Oh. He says to his own deep satisfaction, remembering the movie Dracula. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. One day I'll find someone. I don't feel like anyone's eating that in Canada. But I feel like they're advertising a lot. So uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't turn it off. But if you want to pay for it, like it's $109.95 a month. So like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. As the owner of the co-owner of the company, you know, uh, 109 is way better than I thought you were getting. I figured this had to be like, you know, one of those YouTube ads, which is like, I don't know, you drive the all night fucking Spotify, you get 35 cents and then I just eat shit the whole time. Oh yeah, no, it's 109.95, uh, which is pretty good. It's usually more than I make driving. Actually, I feel like I'm actually just like part of the ad machine, like in Mad Men. Have you guys seen Mad Men? Uh, uh, t- Timmy, was it Timmy? Oh uh, yeah, little Timmy Jones. Little little Timmy Jones. Uh, the yeah. cemetery is just right over there. If you want to just pull over, we can hop out right here. Oh, I mean, uh, I don't really feel comfortable making an illegal turn like that. So I, I'll just I'll just go up and hang a left, and then we'll uh, we'll get. Also, so, like, are you in a rush to get to the grave? Is there like a? Uh, it's pretty late for a funeral, isn't it? So I mean, Timmy, how much do you know about a clientele of Dinkeldorf cabs? I've got to ask. No, oh, I don't know. I just started working here uh, last month, so so far I've only made one hundred ninety nine ninety five. Uh, but uh, Mr. Dinkeldorf was saying that, like, we're independent now, which is kind of cool, I guess. But uh, I don't know. It hasn't changed much for me just yet. Uh, uh, clientele are people who need to go somewhere, but they don't necessarily have a vehicle or they're inebriated, so they can't drive their vehicle. So I, I picked them up. That's how uh, t- uh, that's how cabs work. Sir, I, I don't know if you have cabs in, in England, but that's how they work here. A quick, quick sort of point of order here, uh, just because I can't get it out of my head, does little timmy sorry last name jones little timmy jones. jones little timmy jones does little timmy jones look exactly like any kind of rick Morandis character from the 1980s uh i mean he can actually i didn't realize that's what i was doing but yeah uh that will make it harder to kill him but just- <laughs> uh but okay but it's it's rick Morandis if he was stretched to dj quail's proportions so it's like okay. a tall thin rick Morandis, which is really unsettling to me oh. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I'm having a bunch of people you. over, Dana. Uh, if you want to come, we're going to play part cheesy. It's uh, just a couple people from work. But, oh, you're closing the door. Okay, well, yeah, guys. The, the body is Doug Jones, but it's been ADR'd by Rick Moranis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doug Moranis. Um, okay, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you joined the cab company. You know, I, I think this is going to be an interesting position for you. Uh, yeah, you're going to learn some things. Just make sure you listen to Nathan. And let's try to get your income up because I don't like that, you know, 60% of your earnings come from the video machine in the back of the cab. Yeah, I mean, Uber's taking a real bite out of the taxi industry here. I gotta, oh, hang on. Sorry, I can't talk while I'm turning. It's dangerous. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beaver Mount, Ontario is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, ben, look! 
Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, and I am excited to invite you to join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. It's a great way for you to help our team keep creating shows that you love, and it's a cool opportunity for you to get neat things, too. At the $1 level, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord, so you can chat with other listeners and our cast in spoiler and non-spoiler channels so anyone can tag in. At the $5 level, we offer ad-free feeds for a bunch of our shows, so you won't have to hear us advertising our Patreon anymore. At $15, you get to submit names for NPCs, places, and things that we have to use in the shows. And we also have a Tips, Tricks, and Traps video where you can submit questions that our GMs and DMs, myself and Tom, will answer for you. And at $25, you can create your own NPC to join one of our active shows and get a special thank you at the end of every episode we produce. We've got a bunch of tiers where you can join, so please head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please help support us, and we'll keep new episodes coming. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grand darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hivebred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. Available now. Okay, the light turns, so we gotta wait a second. Yeah, um, I don't know. The Ubers and the the lifts have oh, taken a big man. bite out of our service here, but um, you know, uh, it's people like you who who give me faith that uh, you know, you can still make a living if you can't drive two two gentlemen, uh, well dressed gentlemen, to a, a graveyard in the middle of the night. Then really, what can you? Oh, hang on, the light's changing. Okay, so we're turning around now. Uh, listen, I'll drop you right off there at the front gate. Um, I hope that's gonna be okay. This is gonna be a a thirteen dollar ride, but I understand from Mister Dinkeldorf. Uh, you gentlemen ride for free, so that's pretty great. But if you Everett's feel out, like tipping, out of the okay. Uh, all right. Well, you have you have a Dinkledorfy day. Rid- that's something I'm trying. Ridley will just drop a twenty in the cab, kind of disgustedly, uh, and also climb out. And he's like, "I'm gonna call fucking Nathan." <laughs> like over Everett's shoulder, there's just Ridley on the cell phone as they walk in the graveyard, being like, "Who the fuck are you hiring? These people don't even know a fucking vampire. If you tell him." He's going to die. Somebody's going to fucking eat him. You need to just, let's use him as a front. And if somebody needs to tell the cops about a company, send him that guy. Because I will fucking, I, if I was a cop, I'd bail on an investigation. I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, let him sell heroin to school kids. I can't fucking talk to this guy. Um, Mr. Beef, I, uh, I understand. Uh, and I'll, I'll definitely speak uh, to uh, Mr. Little Timmy Jones. Uh, that's I honestly, no. I don't know if talking to him is going to help. I just wanted to. Well, let you look, know, yeah, like, no, I, I understand. I appreciate that. Um, we lost fifty percent of our cabs and drivers uh, oh, fuck. during okay. the purge. So he's, and this truly pains me as a lifelong cabman. He is currently one of our best drivers. Uh, he actually has a spotless record. Um, he, he seems to be a very careful driver. So I'll get. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll see what I can do. But in the meantime. Honestly, he's kind of your best bet right now. Also, the man is just fucking like wet shredded wheat. 
no cop's going to look twice at him. So he's kind of the best cover I've got for you. But of course, whatever oh, you need. Oh, okay, okay. Don't don't even bother talking to him then. You know what? If he's good, he's good. He's what we've got. Uh, oh, shit. All right. So I'm just going to make a note. Just put a pin in this for you and I. I'm trying to move into some businesses. If I can get some money behind me, I'll make a move with this city council and I'll see what we can do about shutting down this Uber Lyft shit. I don't like the business model. I don't like what they do to independent contractors. I don't like how they fuck over their drivers. Let's just bury them, you know? Moment I get some fucking money, we'll do some fucking bribes, clean up all this shit. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, look, if you want, I just approved the uh, the union bid here for Dinkeldorf. So, I mean, if we can spread that to some of the other drivers in town, maybe that could help. Oh, fucking A. Yeah, let's get on that. Fucking whoever wants to come with us, full union. We'll sort I mean, that shit out. It is going to cost us some money, sir. I hope that's all right. We, we installed some some ad screens. I'm hoping that kind of offsets it. I mean, as you've noticed, I'm not taking money out. This is about building up a brand, you know, yeah, right. building up a solid company. So focus on, you know, keeping the earnings up. Let's get some new boys in and let's uh, shut down these fucking tech companies. I don't like them. I don't like them because I can't read the fucking apps. <laughs> he, says, he just hangs up the phone and puts it in his pocket. Uh, <laughs> Why don't no fucking disability features on any of these fucking apps, he says just to himself as he stomps through the graveyard behind Everett. He's not wrong. Um, so, uh, yeah, you make your way deeper into the graveyard and uh, eventually you, you see the uh, the telltale glow of, uh, of a cigar. Um, I think both of you again recognize, as uh, Everett, you did before, that this is one of those weird, like Irish drinking bourbon things, where it's like it doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's it's what what he does. Um, and sure enough, uh, you see Sergeant McGregor. He is not wearing um, his uh, sort of standard flashy gear. He is instead uh, just wearing a, a pair of black jeans and kind of one of those um, uh, sort of thick corded sweaters um, that uh, are a hella cozy um but uh it looks ancient like this thing it it, it's worn well but it just has that look of it that he's probably had it since world war ii um and he's um uh smoking a cigar and you notice that he is uh twiddling an arrow um between his his fingers and um, as uh, you approach, uh, he just kind of clamps the cigar between his uh, his teeth and says, uh, Everett Fry, it's good to see you, lad. Well, good to see you too, uh, Sergeant McGregor. Who's your friend? This here's uh, Ridley Beef. He's Ridley with me. Beef? It's a hell of a name you got. Well, you know, you get the names you pay for. Nice to meet you. Uh, I mean, right now I'm dressed like a doctor, but I feel like Dr. Beef sounds like I'm in the porno. So nice to meet you. And it's like extend his hand to shake kind of thing. Uh, McGregor will like, he'll give you one of those grins that's kind of like a grinning in spite of yourself grin. Um, And uh, he's like, honestly, I understand. When I found out there was a sock brand called McGregor, I ate shit for a good month. This country fucking blows some days. Good to meet you. And he uh, grabs your hand and uh, shakes it heartily. Yeah, yeah. I fucking like this guy. This is going to be good. This is a nice, meaningful friendship starting here. So I'll let you two boys check because we're wondering about that fucking cop who shot him in the head. Um, and uh, McGregor kind of like grits his teeth um, a little bit and uh, looks, uh, looks to you... Um, Everett, and he says, uh, I 
about that. Everett, you mentioned you knew Billy. How well did you know her? In a professional capacity, as professional as we could be. Uh, she put me on to a couple of leads on a case, and I helped her out on a couple of cases. She was good at that. Uh, and he takes like a, a solid drag of the uh, the cigar, and you see him wince as he does it. Um, he's clearly doing what you guys have to do and rolling like a fortitude check every time he <laughs> uh, uh, takes a puff. Um, and just kind of uh, see the, the smoke kind of wisp out of his uh, nostrils and between his teeth, and he just says... Um, Billy's in a, uh, ah, shite. I don't know how to sugarcoat this for you. She's in a coma. Short what happened? There was a, a different kind of kindred outside the bar. Flipped a car on her. It was crazy. Never seen anything like it. What do you Long, mean, different kind? Elongated limbs. Just fucking flipped the car like it was nothing. Was it a woman? Um, and he kind of shrugs. He's like, Laddie, I didn't look up her fucking skirt. The fuck would I know? I just thought maybe I'd seen talking, or heard something similar. You're talking like a giant, you know, black oil mouthed, slender man, fucking blades for ants, psychopath thing. Uh, and he just kind of like points the cigar at you through uh, pinched fingers and uh, just nods. Is this? Yeah, I'm... I'm to tell you the truth, I'm thinking it's that fucking drack. I'm thinking it's maybe giving people things they shouldn't have. Some, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go sharing around trade secrets, but I'll tell you this. You're fucking right. Drack's a train wreck and is the cause of fucking frenzies and demons and a whole pile of shit. Seems to affect all kinds of people differently. Did you find Justin St. James? Uh, and he um, flips the bolt around and kind of like uh, tosses it to you and says, uh, I, I found her. She was fucking pissed. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can understand was, huh? that. Uh, uh, so how's she feeling now? Because she escaped from the trunk of a car. I was hoping to have a chat with her and be like, so now you get to make a decision. You live as a vampire and try to do the right thing. You can jump into the sun. But then she got out of the trunk of the car and we couldn't have a fucking chat. So she sort of you know, lead us the out there and technically he's responsible. He's a dead now. He's a vampire. And he, uh, he kind of like leans down and pulls out a, um, uh, just a small, um, like, uh, almost, um, like an overnight bag. Um, not one with wheels or anything, just kind of a small, like gym bag type thing. Uh, he opens it and he just shakes out a bunch of skulls with elongated teeth. Uh, and then he just kind of nods at them and he says, uh, Anarch and uh, Camarilla both. Your work or hers? Hers, laddie. Her crusade didn't die with her humanity. If anything, it got more vicious. And how did right, you come across these skulls? I'm just, I'm just going to take a walk. Better for me not to know about what's going on with the crusade that I'm definitely going to have to lie about later. So, cool, she's out there and she's killing Anarchs. I've learned my lesson. I'm going to go sing a song. And you just hear him singing like a, you know, sea shanty. Someone played him on TikTok from like he overheard a student in the fucking hallways <laughs> at the hospital. And he's just going to walk away so they can talk about this because 
I think Ridley is smart enough to know that he's like not going to be able to hold up under a kindred interrogation because he forgets facts all the time. So easier for him to be a little bit blank and perhaps Everett to give him stuff on a need to know. Interesting company you keep there, Mr. Fry. Yeah, well, he's a he's a regular duffel bag of skulls himself. <laughs> well, your uh, Miss St. James has been making quick work of kindred here in town. Luckily, most of it was covered by the uh, the purge, the Inquisition. But uh, yeah. these are a new couple of these lads. Weren't bad, weren't good, but weren't bad. Well, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Not your uh, fault, laddie. She'd have done it as long as she was drawing breath. Well, actually, that... You know what I mean. That that sounds right, yeah. How, uh, again, how did you come to be in possession of... He, like, pulls down his shirt a bit, and you can see there's, like, a bunch of non-healed arrow wounds. Uh, Uh, He says, uh, tractor for a a little bit of time during the purge, realized there wasn't much I could do. So, uh, no truce there, then, is there? Well, uh, she didn't kill me, so there's that, at least. Could she have? Oh, aye. She had plenty of opportunity. Well, shot me. So. He kind of like laughs a little bit. And he's like, "Listen, laddie, I've been shot a bunch of places, and uh, you can always tell when someone's aiming not to kill." Right. I see. Look, sorry, that was uh, an unexpected turn in the conversation. What? What's going on with Officer Kincaid? Is she going to be all right? Is she going to? What? What? What's the doctor saying? Um, he, uh, he kind of scratches, uh, at his, at his head a little bit. Um, it, it's almost a sense of bashfulness and he's like, uh, I, uh, gotta admit something to you. I, uh, after bailing you out, uh, I couldn't exactly go back. So I've, uh, seen what I can and, uh, all I know is that she's in a coma. I, uh, don't think I'll be putting back on the blues, if you understand my meaning. I think it's uh, not the first time I've had to pick a new identity, but uh, my time as a cop, it's done. Well, that kind of puts a kibosh on our plan to put the cops onto onto a case. Oi, are you guys done talking about the person I can't know anymore about? Big eye roll. <laughs> Yeah, Ridley, come on out. Okay, so what what the fuck's going on with, like, I don't know, the cop and the shit I'm here about? Billy Kincaid's in a coma, and Officer McGregor over here ain't an officer no more, so kind of losing our inroads with the police. Well, I mean, coma, is he dead? Why don't we go, you know, help her wake up? Well, the last human we tried to kind of oil the wheels on, so to speak, medically... Wound up getting some kind of vampire, or excuse me, wound up getting some kind of werewolf cocktail put in her as well. Sure, it I, helped her heal up, but now she's she's a whole other thing. McGregor is like, uh, sorry there, laddie. The fuck are you talking about? That's sort of a hanging side out type. with the fucking mangy werewolves. No, no, I don't know what the hanging. shit that accent was, but that's as close as we're getting. 
not hanging out. It was supposed to be. Uh, I'd say, here's the deal. We know a werewolf who's a good werewolf. It's not meaning we're hanging out with all the werewolves. You know, we're hanging out with you. You're an anarch. doesn't mean we hang out with all the anarchs. It comes down to we hang out with the good ones in a team. But what that was fucking so weird blood magic bullshit from the woods. One thing I've learned over that, like, plane flight I had where I learned a little bit about vampirism is we could just get for some of our fucking blood. Wouldn't turn her into a vampire, but people could use it to, you know, get stronger real faster, all that kind of shit. Vampire blood brings people out of comas? Well, it fucking helps them heal. Because it helps us heal. It kind of gives them some of the principles. They can get addicted if you do it often, you know, a couple of times. But we're talking a one-off, save a life from someone who got blown up by, I don't know, some confused demon person who may not have fucking meant it. And uh, McGregor kind of um, uh, shakes his head and he's like, uh, what what your friend here says is true, but if they're brain dead... It's not a whole hell of a lot you can do. Well, what if we turn them? Is that, hold on, has the brain death been confirmed? Do you know I don't that? Know. I haven't been able to go back. All right, well, I'm a doctor, so we can clearly go <laughs> in there and find out what's going on. But what, if someone's brain dead, but you turn them into a vampire, does that mean their brain kicks back in? Or does that mean they're all the way out? And then you just got a vampire body. You got to fucking feed it's empty. Uh, tabula rasa scenario. He shrugs uh, and he's like, uh, Laddie, I'll tell you this. Uh, Billy Kincaid wouldn't. Nope, no, he's just Irish. Um, well, you know, he's traveled. Uh, Billy it. Kincaid wouldn't want to come back as a vampire. So, best you consider that. Right, so. You can still do it. I won't stop you. I'd no, like I to have I've, my friend back, but. I've had my fill of that kind of exchange. Thank you very much. Sounds like we need to visit the hospital there, Ridley, at least to see whether she can come back from this. Yeah, I'd like to know how much, you know, we need to blame ourselves for this shit and how bad everyone, you know, should feel. And I hope it's not at all. And she'll do great and go back and, you know, become the chief of police and shit. So let's go find out what we need to do. Yeah. You know, McGregor, we've got a couple uh, friends in the uh, healthcare business. Do you know what hospital she's at? Uh, and uh, he gives you a name. It, it's not one of DeSantis's, but it is one that is serviced by his company. He's he's trying to expand his empire, so he doesn't own all the hospitals, but he definitely does supply a lot of them. Supply, okay, that's something. Um, I'll uh, I'll, I'll say uh, thanks so much for coming out here to meet us. What's uh, what's next for you, McGregor? So um, he just kind of looks at the uh, the end of his cigar and just. Uh, like um, stubs it against a name on uh, the cenotaph. Um, that if uh, Tyler, you're you're the one directly talking to him. Can you roll me a resolve and awareness, please? And awareness is another three. Yeah. Um, it has been so long. I can't remember if over or under five is the success over five. It's six plus is success. Five and less is fail. Right. Okay. I think I fucked up on my hunger roll in my whatever one too two, late now. Three. You're oh, so yeah. hungry. You don't care what the number yeah, was. No, for sure. 
three successes. Um, you just see the edge of um, uh, the the word Gregor um, carved uh, into Zendev, and he just kind much. of ashes his cigar against it. That's cool. Says, uh, Laddie, if there's a, a piece of advice... Shit, Irish again. Ah, if there's a piece of advice I could give you, it's uh, don't worry about regrets. You can't have them. Not when you're like us. So, you want to try and save our friend Billy? Great. Do it. But don't live in regret about it. Life ain't too short. It's too long. Um, and then uh, he kind of pats you on the shoulder and I think he, he gives you like a, a cell phone number you can reach him at um, and uh, you get the sense that he's not trying to actively avoid your question he likely just doesn't know like there's a real sense of like um, you know the the Ronin at the end of any samurai movie right. or like the you know the cowboy who came to town and cleared it out now doesn't really know what to do um, but he, uh, he like repacks the skulls <laughs> And, just stoops um, down and picks each one up one yep, at a time. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, just kind of nods nods at you and um, says, uh, I really hope you do save Billy. I think I'll uh, we'll keep on jostling. See if perhaps we can come to an accord. Uh, I think that might be good for the both of you. If you can make it happen. I understand it won't be easy, but Appreciate the effort. Uh, he smiles, uh, just says, uh, as long as there's no follow-up questions, effort's my middle name. Um, and then he just gives you a little wave and uh, fucks off into the graveyard. Uh, I'll kind of just call out after him. Uh, I don't know if you said it before and it's why she shot you, but just again, tell Jocelyn I'm sorry. Um. And uh, he just leans back over your shoulder and says, uh, you got to stop doing that, laddie. No regrets. It's the only way to unlive. And then he uh, wanders off into the night. No regrets. All right. Sounds like we got to get to the hospital. You up for another ride? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, so Even if I've it's got with some... little Timmy Jones. I was going to say, good news, bad news. Uh, we don't have to pay for the cab which is the good news. Uh, and the bad news is we've got little Timmy Jones assigned to us on an ongoing basis because he's their cleanest driver. So I hope you learn to like him because I'm going to fucking have to. Also, I don't know if you've heard TikTok, TikTok fucking shanties, but the problem is they're 20 seconds long. So you're just going to sing the same fucking loop over and over. Why don't people just listen to the old fucking song on YouTube? Fuck. And with that, you pile into the cab and head off in search of the fate of Billy Kincaid. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai. 
high angle. And all our ads use the tracks No Control in Chiefs by Jazzar. That's J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Fire Unfriendly, Logan, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.